Hello, it's Wednesday, December 24th, 2008, and you're listening to Flipped Out. Flipped Out is a podcast about the art, the culture, and the madness of Austin, Texas, and its burn community. I'm your host, Lance Hunter. Let's begin. It's Christmas Eve, and I've got a present for you. It's the last episode of Season 2. I'll be taking a short break, you know, as opposed to the frantic pace I'm keeping now, and be back in late January with an all-new Season 3. But first, I present an interview with Ghost, a member of the Flipside LLC who served as a medic for Flipside, Burning Man, and even out there in the real world. He's the creator of the funky spires you might have seen around Ish, or even at the warehouse for East. And uh, basically the man's a general all-around badass. We're going to talk about doing pre- and post-ops for Burning Man, uh, how Flipside turned him into an artist, the way our community interacts and shares experiences with other communities, and the way that this whole burner thing serves to empower us. Oh, um, and we also answer the question, has Burning Man jumped the shark? And now, my interview with Ghost. So, uh, who the hell are you? Jeez, um, let's see, who am I today? Today I am Krez, also known as Ghost. Got on the playa and got a few other names. Medic twenty four, poltergeist. I see. Uh, yes. Yeah, the playa tends to give people extra names, randomly. Uh, yeah, just a little bit. Pick them up like so much playa dust. <laughs> Here we are getting philosophical and stuff. Oh well. Uh, cool. So, uh, what do you do? Thing, uh, you know, they say medic 24. Um, oh, Talk about being on a playa. Um, I'm part of the uh, medical services out there. Uh, typically, I'll do pre and post event work, taking care of all the setup crews and DBW. Um, for the last two years, I've stuck around for the month after the event uh, during playa restoration, helping to clean up the desert and taking care of boo boos and sick people. Yeah, like. Uh, about how big of a crew are you, like pre and post? Like ah, medical geez. crew and then for the DPW population. Um, pre event, I mean, every day it changes. More and more people start filtering in. Uh, the opposite, of course, is going to be true towards the end, um, immediately after the event. For the first week, there's a lot of people still on the playa. A lot of the big theme camps, the big art, still going away. Um, after that, there's still a good bit of the infrastructure, like the gate is coming down and perimeter. And uh, so they're sticking around cleaning up their stuff. But officially, after about two weeks, everybody's pretty much cleaned out except for uh, the play restoration folks that are going to be actually cleaning up the stuff that's still in the desert. But that's a question you need to feed, feel the DA you know, when you catch him. Okay. Yeah, but, uh, but how many in the medic group specifically? You're like um, you and one other guy, or you've got like a little posse or... For the week, well, for the week before, whenever I usually get out there, there's three or four of us, and we set up the medical stations and we run calls in the downtime. Um, towards the end, uh, I think I'm the only medic for the last month, which is kind of cool, but it's, it's kind of a big responsibility. 
Uh, how did you come across this thing? Larry Harvey called you up randomly one day and be like, I choose you. You know, Larry and I go way back. Yeah, drug me through the muck in Korea when I stepped on landmines, so uh, he was making me <laughs> favors. Now, actually, um, whenever I was doing uh, the medical team for Flipside, when I first started coming to flip, to that event, um, I uh, sort of got into the organization aspect of it, and I was trying to figure out how to put it all together. And so naturally, I got in touch with the uh, medical team at Burning Man, and. Uh, Sent some emails to Joseph Pred, who's in charge of their medical, mental health, fire, and communications uh, gamut, and uh, just started talking to him. And when I started going to Burning Man, I figured hey, I might as well volunteer some of my time. So, give him a call, see if there's anything I could do to help him. And uh, so he facilitated me coming out early, and the rest is, as they say, is history. I see. Um, and yeah, so you've done medical for Flipside as well, obviously. Uh, well, like when I first started going in, in 04, that was my first year. Um, that was also the first year of the pets. And uh, it being my first year, I was like wanting to, you know, do something at the event. Didn't want to be one of those guys that sort of like, you know, just experiences it. Uh, which is cool for all you out there that are listening that just enjoy the event. That's cool. You're giving what you can. I was a little bit more lost. I needed a little bit more structure, so uh, volunteered with our medical team. Yeah, what, what's uh, been your medical experience? Oh, gosh. Um, I'm a paramedic. I've been working in the industry for, geez, what is it, almost four years, I guess? And that's, you know, that's fun. It pays my bills. I don't necessarily see it as, like, the end-all, be-all job, but I enjoy it. It's good to take care of people. But yeah, since you've done the flip side of Burning Man, how would you compare the uh, medical, the pets versus Burning Man's medical group? Uh, oh, man. Compare and contrast. What do you like, what do you not like, what do you see as difference? Well, comparing a 2,400-person event to 50,000-person events going to be a little bit uh, different in scale. But, um, I don't know, it's, the flip side is... is as anybody that works any sort of infrastructure at Flipside will tell you, um, Flipside's much more intimate. You can you actually get a chance to get to know your volunteers, um, which I guess is what I like more about the pre and post aspects of Burning Man. Is it, it's it's a much smaller uh, population that you're dealing with, so you, you, know, you do get to maintain those intimate connections with the people that you're working with. Um, medically. Our work is very similar. We both provide you know, emergency first aid response. We're not there to open up a, an ER in the middle of nowhere. You know, there's a little bit of liability that is associated with that. And I don't think the LLC um, for either Burning Man or Flipside really wants to sign up for. But um, yeah, I mean, other than that, it's just you know we run calls, we take care of people that walk up. The actually reminds me of a fantastic moment on Tribe. The uh, a woman who was posting about being extremely pregnant and uh, going to burning or going to Flipside and would it be okay? And someone replied that, "Oh, our pets can handle it." To which I think you replied, uh, "Not so much." Well, I mean, or like in the sense of like we handle emergency situations. This is not the same emergency. That's not unexpected. Well, I mean, you know, if if 
a woman goes into labor at flip side, we're going to do everything we can to make sure, you know, she's comfortable. And if the baby does actually deliver, um, we'll be there to, to support it and support the mother. Um, but from a, you know, a, an event liability standpoint, you know, we have to involve a much higher standard of care. So, of course, we're going to call the ambulance and let them know what's going on. And from there, you know, baby's probably going to get to need to get checked out at a hospital. I mean, flip side for all its intents and purposes of being this utopian ideal just isn't perhaps the safest place for a newborn baby to <laughs> be hanging out for its first few hours of life. I could be wrong, but, but the there you go. Up, like, in the swaddling kind of grouping, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, but I mean, it's, it's nothing against uh, people that are planning to, or that are pregnant, that are at the event. If somebody's planning to have their child at the event, that's kind of disturbing on a personal level, but I'll still respect somebody's choice. However, you know, from from an administrative level of things, we, you know, we're still going to call the ambulance and follow up, you know, uh, as best as we can to make sure that the baby and the mother are safe and happy and you know they're more than welcome to come back and party. Uh, yeah. Alright. <laughs> so it's nice for the baby though. Oh right, jeez. <laughs> it's like there's only one of y'all left. Two of y'all coming back. Hold on a second. <laughs> so yeah, other than uh, the medic thing, you're also part of the whole uh, LLC thing. How, how did that come to you? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I, my involvement with the pets sort of got me to thinking a lot about like you know how the events you know managed and run and you know frankly it's fascinating to me and you know from there after a couple of years I joined the CC um, combustion chamber for those of you at home um, and that sort of opened my eyes to a little bit more of how the big picture comes together and from there you know it was it was kind of an interesting step to, you know, it's like, all right, what, 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 in, what is being on the LLC entail? You know, it's, it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, and some of it's just, willing, you know, being willing to paint the target on your back and sign the big papers and take the flag from, you know, uh, critics. And, you know, I, I don't mind wearing the, the big target on the back. And, uh, you know, I can always make people disappear if uh, they're being critical. I'm sorry, we can edit that out, right? Yeah. yeah. What? What? <laughs> I... So, yes. Uh, so, what's it like being church for the LLC? Yeah. Right. So, uh, now, I understand you made uh, spires for uh, your theme here last year. Uh, this is the kind of jumping to art immediately from volunteers and other things. Uh, what was your inspiration for, hey, we need big spires? Well, like, it's a part of this whole, like, discovering uh, flip side, and, and one of the most important themes that I can, I can use to describe the event in general in the community is, is empowerment. Um, I came to my first flip side not knowing anything about the event, except that you know, it was kind of cool, and a little bit about Burning Man. Um, and I saw this art out there, and it was wonderful, and it was cool, and, you know, I was like, geez, I could never imagine creating anything like this. And then, you know, the community came back and said, yeah, you can, do it. 
And so um, I was fortunate enough to run into a couple of people who had done art before and uh, fell in love along the way and uh, started doing some art, brought my first piece out uh, in 2005 and then 2006 had my first temple burn, um, that was Channel and 2007 we brought the, uh, the Arches of Ish and that was when we built our first set of spires which were the red and blue wooden spires, uh, tree-like things that were lining the right between the arches. And since then, I, I just like cool, tall, spindly structures and uh, trying to build these things and make them so that, you know, they're packable and, and transportable is one of my things. But I also like, you know, spectacle and, and big things, so I tried to design some 14-foot tall ones that didn't work, didn't work out quite as well as I'd hoped, but... You know, again, it, it just goes back to this whole like sense of empowerment and how this community exists that you know to support people and to encourage them. And you know, I think you have, have very similar experiences with you know, being encouraged uh, to pursue your to, to make your your visions reality. And then suddenly you find yourself broke. In a room full of sawdust and power tools. Congratulations. I, I think that's the litmus test for being an artist. Uh, so you hadn't like made any art or anything like that before uh, attending Flipside? No, not at all. I mean, in fact, like, I've never been a terribly artistic person. Like, I always thought that art was relegated, like, you know, the classical sense, like, you know, uh, sculpture, drawing, painting, you know, the, the concept of an art installation was very foreign to me. But, there we have it. Alright. Oh. And, uh, art and public sphere and all, have you thought about something you're going to be, be uh, are there any projects in the queue right now? Um, well, we just got back from Maker Fair. And we took the fountain that was out at Ish this year to make her fair. And that in and of itself was, was an amazing experience. I, I didn't expect to enjoy the event nearly as much as I ended up doing. Um, insofar as like this year, yeah, um, I'm sure something will you know, get cobbled together, but I'm not positive if it's going to be anything of like, you know, on a huge scale or anything super large. I seem to be having, you know, enough of my time being taken up with, you know, working with the LSC and the CC and you know, making sure that the event happens. Um, fortunately, I've got an entire team camp that loves to build art, so it's easy to... The ish, right? Ish. Ish, yes. How'd you get hooked up with those crazy fuckers? Those crazy fuckers. Um, well, we built art, and a bunch of the people in Ish are were um, pretty good acquaintances of, of mine and Catherine's, and um, it just sort of naturally flowed together that you know we were sort of creating the kind of art that they would like to sort of be incorporated in their theme camp, and of course you know. We've been spending a lot of uh, the, the previous couple of years camping with Get Lost, 
who are an amazing, wonderful bunch of friends of ours also. Um, so there's still a little bit of bitterness there. Dave, Dave does give me dirty looks every now and then. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, if it weren't for my experiences, we get lost. And, you know, my first few years at Flipside, I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, so yeah, it's been an interesting progression. Um, well, that actually kind of ties in with um, how your experience have, have changed things. How has Flipside changed things for you in the day-to-day life? What you're doing around here out in Austin, Texas, versus what you do out in Pyrophius? Well, if I if I wasn't quite so involved in this, I'd probably be playing a lot more video games. Um, I don't know. So we're kind of keeping down your high score. Right, exactly. Um, bringing it back to this whole sense of empowerment, like, you know, if, if I would have tried, you know, looked in my crystal ball 10 years ago, I certainly have not seen this. Um, but, I don't know, you're asking me about my experiences with Flipside and how it's changed my life. Um, it's given me something to work, work towards, I think. It's given me, you know, something to focus on and a passion. Um, producing the event is is challenging. It's wonderful. I get to meet, you know, amazing people, and you know, I get to share their headspace, which I I never figured I would I would be doing this on, on such a on a scale like this. Um, but I guess the challenge now is, is where where to go with the event, with this whole like thing that has become such a rich part of my life. You know, it's like we could be throwing the event every year for the rest of eternity, and it'd be awesome. But you know, it, I guess it ties into this whole concept of growth and, and maturity of the burn experience if you really want to give it a name um, most people come into the, the event and they, they have their experiences and they, they build the art and they participate and you know, they volunteer and they work for the event or whatever at their theme camps or however they choose to participate but eventually we, we start realizing it's like okay we've been doing this for several years what next um, a lot of people start looking outwards how, how can we take these things that we've Learned that we hold so close to ourselves, quote unquote, beyond the trash fence. You know, um, how do we get it out into public? And I think that's that's the big challenge that a bunch of uh, burners are facing these days. And it's it's providing a very interesting evolutionary uh, spectacle to watch and to, and to be a part of. Yeah, really. Would Maker Fair exist if there weren't a whole bunch of frustrated burners wanting to do things? Well, I mean, you know, we, we try to we try to isolate ourselves into into labels, you know, makers or burners or artists or this or that, and it's basically, you know, it's it's all coming from the same pool. I mean, Maker Fair was essentially very similar to Burning Man, except it wasn't in the desert. There were more clothes more families, you know, 
a little bit of vending, but you know, it, the the themes, the, the driving themes behind why a lot of us as quote unquote burners do the things we do are shared by you know all these people that are quote unquote makers or, or, or what have you. And of course, there's a little bit of you know cross pollination there, but it's really cool to actually see like you know people completely you know, from complete different areas of life doing these similar things. And there's no like you know uh, there's no common ground that we share. And now um, empowerment's a theme you've mentioned several times in this interview. Uh, can you think of a moment? Something you've experienced in uh, either the burn or flip side or pre-post for Burning Man that's uh, really been exemplary of that? Hmm. And now we pause while Chris considers this for a minute or two. from like an, an, an impersonal level, and I'll get back to a personal example, but the impersonal level is this whole sense of you know, duocracy, and I think the concept of like, you know, if you have an idea, run with it, create it, is amazing. I don't necessarily agree with the practice of like, you, know, you have a great idea, okay, well then you're in charge of this, you know, it's sort of like pawing it off, but, you know, the, the sense of it all is, is so powerful. Um, and it, it feeds into this whole personal experience of mine. Um, my first piece of art would, would probably be the most exemplary and, and potent uh, example I can pull from, because I had this idea and I drew it on paper and a month later it was a completely different looking thing on the paper. Um, and then there came you know, the time of actually building this thing and I had never used power tools before. I had never, you know, I had no idea what the hell I was doing. Um, but, you know, I was there with Catherine and, you know, together we did this sort of thing and I ended up talking to people and borrowing these power tools that I'd never had. I ended up you know, working late hours and getting, you know, sawdust in my nose and, you know, my hands were all cut up from working with metal and, you know, slowly, piece by piece, we built this thing out of materials that I'd never even imagined that I'd be working with. And, uh, you know, then we took it out to the flip side, and then it got blown over <laughs> in the storm of 2005. Uh, yeah. uh, but the coolest thing was, the following morning, you know, we it, it blew over and we realized that there was nothing we could do for it. Uh, so we salvaged what we could that, you know, might get rain damaged, and decided to go to bed. And the following morning, we wake up, we go down to, like, do, some, do the repairs on it and get it back up. People from the community had already like righted it, and it was standing up again, and it was all you know foobard, but that was okay. And people were like mud wrestling in front of it, and <laughs> it's just kind of cool that you know random strangers would see this thing you know in the middle of uh, the lower field that was tipped over. They would you know, 
pick it back up for us and then sort of have a, an impromptu performance in front of it. Um, and that was cool. That was, that was very, very special to me um, insofar as like seeing what, what the community, um, how the community responds to acts of tragedy or, you know, or takes advantage of moments last year the freaking center mass structure yeah just like oh we're all fucked yeah. Dude, and, and like you know when that happened I, I had flashbacks to you know <laughs> that same moment in, in 2005 when my heart fell down I was just like oh my god I, yeah but uh, you know just you know, like in my my story we had our little moment of like oh shit and then we got back to work and Put it back up and voila! Slightly less mud wrestling in the other. It's okay. I don't. I don't think the the parking lot of the, the warehouse is quite conducive to mud wrestling. Oh, but you know what? Naked hamster running did happen. Awesome. Awesome. So okay, uh, going back to the pre and post op type stuff you do for Burning Man. Now, I've heard it said that because uh, you know back in early nineties, back when they were just moving out to the playa. Pre pre ninety six, like Burning Man was a thing you had to experience, man. And who knows what happened? And it was like the 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 great gestalt, you know. Once you've done that, yeah, everything else is like, oh, whatever. I've been to Burning Man, right? <laughs> okay. Um, I've heard it said that that's at least the kind of attitude it used to be, and now it's like. As Burning Man becomes more popular and more attended, now it's being said that like the DPW and the, the pre-post is the like, oh yeah, well I've done that, and that's the badge of honor that you've experienced. <laughs> how, how do you feel about uh, these things being circled around now? <laughs> Has Burning Man jumped the shark? <laughs> you know, I I got introduced into this entire culture community um, in 2004. So I, I can't relate to, to the quote-unquote old-school mentality of, of this event, but, you know, just like, it's like any, any aspect of life, you know, the more time that goes on, the more people will either become, you know, tired of doing the same old thing, or, you know, something will change, and it's just a natural evolutionary process of the event that, you know, hardcore you know, mentality will give way to RVs and generators with air conditioning, you know, everybody, or people are going to naturally sort of move on to find the next big thing that's important to them, um, but I mean, anybody that's, that's willing to, to spend more than a week out in the desert doing manual labor is got serious issues and I really really worry about their safety <laughs> but having said that you know I, I think that anybody that's that spends you know a lot of time involved with any of these events is a, is a very special person that is either running away from something or they're searching for something, and myself included. I mean, 
I don't know, I, most people. There, there's my caveat. But, uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's, there's a sense of entitlement that comes along with, with putting a certain amount of time and effort into, into any sort of project. And that can be a very powerful thing and that can also be a very negative thing. And, um, you know, it's, it's how we choose to view that ability to, to share a very special um, moment, event, uh, with a particular group of people that sort of cements that relationship. You'll see it with, with flip side, you know, compared to 10 years ago when there was 30 people and now we're 2,400, you know, there's an obvious change there and there's an obvious shift in how relationships have grown and fostered throughout that time period. And, you know, again, the sense of entitlement, the, the sense of like, this is something special to me and my friends. Um, how can how can I make that important to me in a sea of 50,000 people? And it doesn't necessarily have to involve, you know, being spiky and bristly and negative, you know, and anti the other. And I think that's a challenge that, that we're all sort of dealing with. It's like how to how to be proud of this thing that we're, we're doing without becoming overly anti the weekenders, anti the, you know, the, the, the people that come to the event you know, during the week, you know. Yeah, without being jerks. Right. Um, and actually that uh, kind of ties in a bit, at least tangentially, at least I'm going to pretend it does, to uh, the idea of um, flip side. There's a lot of... Uh, Things that happen community-wise, or you know, I want to say community-wise, but just among a lot of people who go to Flipside, we also have had a lot of things going on during the year. Right. And uh, there's the whole idea of uh, you know the warehouse being a community space for all of us year-round, and there's now the year-round events uh, as a like uh, lead position and everything. Um, I don't know. What are like the pros and cons of that? Oh. No matter how embroiled in you know, this or that or or how many meetings I end up going to as, as an organizer for, for this event. You know, it, it's still just a drop in the bucket of the entire capital C community. We are a, we are a bunch of disparate cliques and tribes and friendship groups and you know, little miniature microcosms of experience. And some people would say that that's a con of having a, a capital C community. Other people will, will see it as just a natural evolutionary process. Um, you know, our, our strengths lie in our diversity and the fact that I can meet somebody at the event, not have any idea who they are, and realize that they're doing the, you know, more or less the exact same things that you know, these people that I see in my little slice of the community as being superstars, you know? Um, and that means we're doing it right. 
I fear the day that I, I know everybody at a particular event. Um, but one of the, the largest, getting back to this whole pro-con of a capital city community thing is, is that we have the opportunities to, to explore our own maturity and our, our own involvement. You know, if you want to be a part of the, the, the music scene, you, we have outlets, we have groups of people that you know, people can hook up with. If you want to be a part of the event production side of things, you know, we've got a large you know, group of people that you can be a part of. Um, if you want to be an artist or, you know, or any sort of aspect of, of the capitalist community, we're all sort of welcoming. Again, I'm not I'm not very happy with the way that all that came out, but whatever. Okay. Uh, and now in, in my mandatory attempt to stir controversy, I gotta ask: uh, being a member of the LLC, if you had to have a fist fight with any other member of the LLC. Who, who would it be? Who would you try and take down? Take Shatner. <laughs> take Bill Shatner. You know, I'm fairly certain that I would probably pick. If I had to get, in, if I had to like go toe to toe with somebody on the LLC. Probably be Rodney because one hit and I would be gone, <laughs> and that would be the be easiest nice fight. Exactly, exactly. You know, it nice. wouldn't be any sort of suffering. It'd just be like, you know, he'd hit me, I'd hit the floor. There we go. Keep it nice and clean. Exactly. Below the belt. Exactly. You know, with Jen, she's she's gonna fight dirty. You know it. I I, I love her to death, and I know exactly that she'd fight the dirtiest of of the bunch. Of course, Rodney could pull out a machete at any moment. <laughs> yeah. So. So, so one other thing um, hasn't manifested itself as much in advance and flip side or anything like that. But you write. And do that kind of thing. I write. I write occasionally. Yeah. Um, when did that begin? I've always liked writing. I don't consider myself a writer or an author. Uh, just so we're clear. But I like to journal every now and then. I like to write little snapshots of short stories that never materialized. But yeah, that's that's the easy answer and that's the, you know, just completely killed your, your line of questioning, I'm sure. <laughs> that was okay, I just remember you had the, uh, the entire cake one year made of uh, things you'd written printed onto sheets of... Actually, that, that was a gift. Um, for those of y'all playing along at home, um, a very, very dear friend of mine that I've worked with at ESD um, made me a a cloak, a coat, uh, out of sheets of fabric. Um, she pestered me all the course of a year, asking me to tell her stories. And if you know, I didn't know if she was stalking me or whatever, but you know, we're we're very good friends, so I'd send her, you know, 
this little short story that I'd written here or something that I'd written there. I had no idea what the, you know, it's just like, okay, whatever. Um, and so I get the Burning Man, uh, was it last year? Yeah, last year. And she gives me this coat, and it's made of all of my writings. And it was the, the, the sweetest, most amazing gift that I had received. Um, so, yeah, and that, that's the story of the, the codes. It's an amazing gift from, from a very, very special person. Excellent. Yeah. Cool. And uh, I don't know if you want to get a story mode here or not, but I'll, I'll ask a leading question. Um, <laughs> okay, the answer is no. Is there any night? Um, I'd be the flip side of Burning Man, whichever one can come to mind first. But is there a night you just you won't forget? A moment during the event? A career post that was just God, like, there's so many. There's so many. Um, I'm going to completely break with the, the intention of this. And, like, the first. When, when the monkey exploded in 04 in my memory um, watching the, the temple that I built with my friends burn etched in my memory um, sunrise sets anywhere on the playa etched in my memory um, the most the most recent flips I've would be you know this year on top of the DBW tower I'm standing there and I'm looking out over Flipside and the sun has risen and you know I'm it's fairly crowded up there and I look down and Chainsaw is sitting right next to me and he looks up at me I look down at him there's a little moment and we both burst into freaking tears at the same time and it was awesome it was great um yeah Ghost is a big softie <laughs> there's I mean there's so many So uh, feel free to tune into my blog. I'm sure I'll remember some of them later. Like, oh, I should have mentioned this. Oh, I should have mentioned that. But yeah. Cruising across the fly with nobody around? Amazing. Driving an echelon towards Frog Pond? Amazing. So, yeah. I see. So many different little snapshots. Floor littered with Polaroid photos, which is you know it, it's funny. It's 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 all kind of snapshots. It's not like in-depth memories. It's like I can remember certain you know details of a moment, but I don't remember quite so well what happened afterwards or what what led up to it. So just tableaus. Yeah. Cool. Now. Uh, Tying this up, uh, the thing we all want to know is, uh, what does it take to be a rock star? We all want to know that. I don't know. I'm I'm not a rock star. I wouldn't I wouldn't have the answer for that. Um, I would suppose you know, good music knowledge, um, a willingness to, to invest a lot of time in rehearsal. Actually, I, yeah, um, I'm not the person to ask that question, I mean, because 
in, if, if there's any sort of status afforded to me, it's it's only because the team that you know we have that puts on the events you know, that that works in the off season that, that uh, emails us every you know, every so often with a question that, that comes to church nights that, that you know, brings the art that participates in, in the formation of this capital C community is you know that's that's why there's any sort of acclaim afforded to me. It's all it's all them, really. It's all you folks. Yes, yes, I'm talking to you. <laughs> yes, I know. I know you're sitting at your computer and you're feeling sad about, oh gosh, my day's going really crappy. Well, it's okay. You're part of the rock star system. It's all right. Excellent. Wow. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Lance. And a pick-me-up revolution. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Flipped Out. Flipped Out is a podcast about the art, the culture, and the madness of Austin, Texas, and its burning community. Flipped Out is hosted at lancehunter.net slash flip, and that's flip with one P. To contact Flipped Out, please email flippedout at gmail.com, and that's Flipped Out with two Ps. Once again, thank you for listening. Now go be spectacular. Spectacular.